to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen, and in each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from Poto Paramita, a Columbia MFA candidate and an ingenious prep graduate coach, about how students can utilize the principles of creative writing in their college applications. Hi, Poto. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, you're a longtime friend of the pod, so I think people know you pretty well. So you could give us just like spark notes of your background, but then yeah. let's especially focus on your writing background because that's the focus of today's episode. Totally. So like you said, I am a graduate coach at Ingenious, which means I work with high school students on their college application. So I really help them throughout the process. I'm also the digital content specialist, which means that I've written thousands of blogs on the admissions process. So I really know this like the back of my hand. And you were also saying that I'm an MFA candidate at Columbia. So I am almost done with my degree. I have been a writer from a young age. You know, I read a lot. My mom was an English literature grad and my dad was a writer. So so I was always encouraged to read and write from a young age. I think I first realized I was good at writing in the first grade when I like made up an essay about like going to LA and like finding squirrels in my pocket when I hadn't even like left Bangladesh. So I was like, okay, I'm creative. But then I think it took me a while to realize that it's probably the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> and I wanted to become a writer in like fifth grade. So I went to college and I studied English and creative writing at Wellesley under a lot of really great professors and started exploring creative nonfiction as a genre. I think around my junior year spring, I took this writing seminar where I was writing a lot of topics that interested me, but I hadn't been able to write in a non-academic setting before. So it was an academic setting, but it was non-academic writing. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And so I eventually wrote my honors thesis in creative writing in the form of an essay collection. I wrote nine essays where I interviewed my grandma about a war that she had been in and then turned it into some of my own experiences as well. And then after graduation, I like started working this job. I started working on a novel, which is still unfinished. But soon I started my MFA at Columbia for creative nonfiction. And I'm currently working on a memoir. And I also started a literary magazine. So writing is kind of all around me. It's pretty much my life. And fans of the pod will know I also fancy myself as a creative. I went to school for theater and dance, and I'm working on a certificate in creative writing right now at UCLA Writers Program, UCLA Extension Writers Program. So maybe I'll also have some helpful in- insight yeah. to add. Who yeah. knows? Let's see. So let's dive in. What is what is creative nonfiction? Can you define that for us? Yeah, totally. So creative nonfiction is different from fiction, poetry, and journalism. It can be confusing when it comes to like journalism, creative nonfiction, but it's essentially a genre of writing that uses literary techniques that you might see in a novel or in a poem to create a factually accurate narrative. So fiction can be made up, whereas creative nonfiction is obviously nonfiction, but you know, sometimes you add a quote that isn't necessarily a direct quote, or you like really exaggerate some parts, but ultimately it's actually correct, but not a report like a journalism piece would be. Could you maybe list some pieces of creative nonfiction that like a very general audience would be familiar with? So you already mentioned memoir. People might be familiar with perhaps like a personal essay in The New Yorker. That's an example. Yeah. Lyric essay is one, a braided essay, uh, literary journalism. So something you'd see in The Atlantic that is, you know, in a journalism outlet, but it's written in the style of 
a more literary, you know, piece. Yeah, I think those are some of the main ones. And so the focus of this episode, obviously, is creative writing for college applications. So let's talk about the techniques of creative writing, but specifically, which of the techniques can students use in their college application essays? Yeah, I think students can, you know, feel free and brave to try out new things, things that they may have learned about in their English classes or through the books they read. So similes and metaphors, I'm sure students have heard of those extended metaphors, so a long-running metaphor throughout their essay, personification, onomatopoeia, imagery, symbolism. So, you know, anything you might see in your favorite Shakespeare play, or you might see in a more contemporary essay, I think you can feel free to use in your college essay as well. For students who are trying to improve their writing ability, especially their creative writing ability, do you have any resources that are free or that are low cost that you can recommend to them? Yeah, one really good website is Poets and Writers. So they have a lot of really great advice for budding writers. I would say the magazine Writers Digest also does the same if you can get your hands on it. I personally write the Ingenious Prep blog and we have a lot of free resources there. So it's ingeniousprep.com slash blog. You can Google writing prompts. I think the best way to become a better writer other than reading is to write. So just practice, practice, practice. Twitter has a lot of really great content, whether it's writing blogs, but a lot of writing organizations. I find out about a lot of things from these writers of color. Similarly, they're just accounts dedicated to certain demographics that might be, you know, relevant to you. And just like read creative nonfiction magazine is one where you can see great examples of this. And we'll talk about some more books and essays later on as well. And the library is a great resource if you, you know, want to check out some memoirs. A lot of libraries will also have copies of literary journals or magazines. So if you don't want to spend money on it, you're not sure if you're a creative nonfiction fan yet, you can go ahead and utilize the library for that. And then, so let's talk about the application itself. So let's break down the writing components. We have the personal statement, the supplemental essays. Some schools have short answers. We have the activities list. How would you recommend that students utilize creative writing principles in each of these components? I mean, the activities list is a short one, right? Because you have only 150 characters that you can use. So for something like that, I would say try to use creative verbs and really kind of tell an interesting story that you think would meaningfully capture what you've done. The personal statement is definitely the main place I would say has some flexibility for you to use creative writing. You can structure it in a creative format. In a presentation that we had, we talked about how a student had written his essay in the form of a menu because he really liked food. So that's something creative. Or you can use an extended metaphor throughout the essay. You know, it doesn't have to be any kind of like five paragraph normal essay. You can like write it in a creative format that the reader might not expect. You can add in quotes so you can like really characterize the people that you're writing about and like talk about what went on and then utilize your senses. So what did you see? What did you hear? What did you taste? What did you feel? What did you smell? Like the more details you add, the more it will pop as a story. And then in the supplemental essay, I think you can be a little bit more reflective. So you could write about your creative process. If you are a writer, what inspires you, how your journey is developed, like essays will ask you what you're interested to major in or one of your activities. And if those involve creative writing, I think you can write about those really eloquently if you want, or you can talk about a piece of creative media that might be important to you that you're not sure it has a place in any other component of your application. So think about how you find creativity in your daily life and just write about that. It's important to distinguish, I think, as you've said, that you can be creative on a macro level or on a micro level. So I guess the macro level would be, you know, making your personal statement a menu. And that's something that I think students will be like less drawn to that Mm -hmm. kind of takes like a certain person. It might not fit everybody's application persona. But that doesn't mean you can't be creative on the micro level, as you said, using similes, metaphors, et cetera. Yeah. 
And then, so you mentioned that example. Do you have other examples from students that you've worked with you felt did especially well utilizing principles of creative writing? Because I'm a creative writer, I get a lot of students who are interested in creative writing. So off the top of my head, I can think of one student last year who wrote his personal statement about how he was in love with the question mark that then became this very well-written rumination on his curiosity as a student and how he helped bring change to his school's English syllabus because he just loved asking questions. And then I recently had the student who was both a creative writer and a ballet dancer. And, you know, on first glance, this seems very just like disparate as like interest so as we're like oh how do we connect these and I came up with this idea where she literally wrote her own ballet and then she put it on and she was also interested and invested in Asian American causes so that the proceeds went to an Asian American support org ultimately but she had combined those interests in a very cool way and that was really great to see and then one student last year wrote a supplemental essay about how much she loved anime which is that you know talk about that creative media that inspires you component that I was just talking about so that was really great and then I had a writer who you know just to get the that application persona, that theme of her application for, which the like seven or eight of the 10 activities on her activity list were just different kinds of writing experience. So, you know, if you've written a novel or you're an independent writer, that's a separate activity. If you write for a magazine, that's a separate activity. Like anything you do, like make sure you know how to like talk about them in a way that like the admissions officer can see the impact that you've had in each of them. And one of our colleagues, Shannon, she has worked in the past as a writing instructor at Yale. She often hosts our writing-based webinar. She's been on the podcast before, and she mentions that a common issue with a personal statement is that actually writers would be like a bit too creative, a bit too poetic. She's mentioned that she has students in the past who have been poets, and they've struggled in that sense because they get a little bit too flowery, a little bit too poetic. So can you speak to that? What does it look like when a student gets a little too creative? Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a pitfall because often students come with this idea that admissions officers want to see difficult words and SAT words, but that's really not the approach you should be taking. You should be talking about how, like in the way that you normally speak. So it should still be conversational. It should, you know, have a good balance between conversational and formal. So it shouldn't completely be like, hey, bro, what's up? But it should be more, you know, a little respectful, but still similar and in line with how you normally hold conversations. So if you think when you're reading out loud that this does not sound like you, I think you're on the wrong track. So I would say getting creative in, in terms of like trying things that are still in your arsenal and that are true to you as opposed to things that you think that admissions officers want to hear is how you should be going. And if you're a poet, this is not a poem. So remember that you should be writing more like creative nonfiction rather than poetry, because I think poetry can get too metaphorical. And at that point, it's like not getting the point across at all. Right. I think that's what Shannon was saying is that, you know, admissions officers are probably spending 15 to 20 minutes total on your application, not just on your personal statement, your total application. So they don't have the time to be like parsing very complex metaphors and literary motifs. Like you want to use, you, you want your writing to be impressive, but you also want it to be very clear and straightforward. And so for students who are trying to unleash their inner creative, are there specific exercises that you can recommend so they can start brainstorming and just kind of start, you know, getting out of writer's block, working their creative muscles? I think it depends on how much time you have. I think if you're a rising senior and you have to start applying soon, I would say just like start look at the looking at the Common App prompts and free writing. I often ask students to actually use the University of California prompts to get themselves started because there's a 
better range and it like touches on very specific things that I think then then become a bigger personal statement for common app fools you know pretend like you're telling us telling a story don't worry about length initially just free ride see what happens and go from there but if you do have a bit more time and I would say summer is like a longer timeline than if you were starting in August so I would say at this point try and exercise like writing about yourself from someone else's perspective or writing about your hometown from the point of view of a tour guide and see where you go with that just like think out of the box don't narrate it like you would a normal high school essay you're not writing about Lord of the Flies or To Kill a Mockingbird you're here to talk about yourself so see how that works out when you're just trying to you know like describe about your life and the things that make you you and see what happens from there I hated Lord of the Flies I think that's my least favorite like book I ever read in English class my like least favorite classic Everyone's had to do it. Terrible. Sorry to the fans of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> what does your ideal timeline look like? So you kind of just mentioned time about mm-hmm. how that'll affect if students are working earlier in the summer versus if it's already August. So yeah. as a graduate coach, what's your ideal timeline for students? What does the writing process look like through that ideal timeline as they're moving from the brainstorming free writing time all the way to the final draft? I know that high schoolers have a lot on their plate, especially in the summer, you know, you have to make productive use of it. But if you can dedicate, you know, a couple hours, maybe a week or every three days to working on your college essay, I would certainly recommend it. I think start brainstorming your topic in June, like by now you should start thinking about what you might write about and have at least three drafts by the end of July because you want to save the fall for supplemental essays, especially if you're applying early decision or early action. So September onwards, I think you would really be working on your early decision schools essay So make sure right now, get to a point where you're just like editing the personal statement by late August. When you think it's in a good place, I would say leave it and come back to it mid-October. You'll have taken a month away and look at it with fresh eyes and you'll be completely done by, I would say, October 20th, hopefully. Except, you know, if you want to make a word change or just like shift around a sentence, that's the kind of editing you would want to be doing in like the last week of October. So I would say right now, just think of a topic, start writing. If you have like multiple topics in mind, it's time to like get those going and like narrow them down by July, because you are just going to have so many different components in your plate that you're not going to have time for the personal statement. And we generally say that students should have 10 to 12 drafts. So get, get on that. Speaking of the revision process, I think that can seem really foreign to high school students. I can speak for myself that I was not writing 10 drafts of anything in high school. It's pretty much just like one and done, grind it out. Hmm. So maybe we can help students understand what it really means to have so many drafts. So, you know, in the very first like second or third draft, perhaps you're working on um, more macro edits, like structure Uh, like scenes characters versus draft like nine or ten you're probably doing like line edits like you said like switching verbs to find a more effective verb or removing an adverb stuff like that yes so initially when you're editing I would say do the big structural one so we do this really big like thing that we call the high level feedback where we just like ask students that what is a really point like what is the real point you're trying to get to I think high school students aren't often used to reflective essays they're usually you know like doing that five paragraph structure that I was talking about and so it really shouldn't be about narrating a particular thing and leaving it at that I always ask my students so what what happened what does this mean who are you now because of it and that's the kind of reflection that should happen in that like early July August phase and then after that once you're like simultaneously working on your supplementals as well like that's when it should be like oh like the grammar here is off or oh like I think we can make the sense a little better oh I can like change the passive voice right now so you would really want to be doing those finer details towards the end and we already mentioned like being too poetic too many flowery 
pretentious words. Are there other writing mistakes that you think students should avoid when they're thinking about merging creative writing in their college applications? Yeah, absolutely. I think writing writing about someone else is a big red flag, like your personal statement is part of your college application. So there's this one prompt that asks about whether you feel grateful towards someone else in your life. And that's like an automatic pitfall. It's a trap where students can tend to write about someone else and just kind of leave it at that instead of talking about how that person might have motivated them to make something good happen. So don't write about someone else entirely. Like if you're writing about your grandma, three sentences tops. Like it should be about what your grandma taught you instead. Exaggerating adversity. You know, a lot of students go through a lot of hardship. So if you feel like you don't fall into that, like don't either, you know, make up something or make it seem like things were far worse for you than they already are. Um, repetition of facts in the essay itself you know make sure every sentence is doing something new but also repeating your resume they will already have your activities and honors list and you know you'll get a chance to expand on that so don't repeat information that they already have in your personal statement or just like treat the essay like a resume where you're just like listing all your activities this is not the place for that and I would say writing something controversial so like if you're writing about history or politics or religion be careful that you're not offending someone or you're like you know pouring out something that might be a glaring red flag Especially with creative writing, writers and students will start using a lot of details. So as you said, they're engaging all of the senses, but then unfortunately for the personal statement, that's like 650 words top. So it's quite easy, especially if you're writing in scene, if you're engaging all the senses to start eating up a lot of words. So how can students focus on being descriptive and detailed, but concise? couple of things I would say, like I was saying, make sure every sentence does something new, read it out loud. And you, if you think that, oh, I can get this point across in like one sentence instead of three, that's definitely one. And, you know, passive voice, like I was saying, active voice actually not only sounds better and is more efficient, it actually saves words. So always, you know, thesaurus is your best friend, find a word for a three word phrase that can make it shorter. And I would also say that if you feel like some part of the story is missing, you can use it for a supplemental essay and like write it for one of the topics. Like Yale has like seven or 10 supplemental essays, like something you cut out might be useful in there. So use those accordingly. That's good advice as well. Instead of, you know, always editing in a document to actually like create a copy for a new draft so that you're mm-hmm. always saving stuff. It makes it easier to cut things if you know right. it's saved somewhere else. Yeah. And like you said, you might use that for your supplemental essay later. Yeah. Or you can use Google Docs and just kind of keep track of your changes or like revisit old versions and that should work out too. And I know some of our listeners aren't rising seniors. They're younger, they're younger high school students. Maybe they're in middle school. I'm not sure if middle school is just a podcast. Um, I hope they do. But how can younger students hone their creative writing skills and just in general become a better writer? Yeah. I mean, if you're genuinely interested in writing, I think colleges would want to see that you've written. So write is the best advice I can give you. Build a whole portfolio, become a master while you still have time on your hands. Just practice, 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 read a lot, write a lot, share your writing with your friends. Colleges love to see that you've been published places or you've won like scholastic awards or any like journal related awards. So do that, send your writing to places. I would say start your own blog or your magazine or writing club, write with friends, edit with friends. So once you kind of get that out there, you can write those in your activities list or you can write a personal statement about how you like became a really strong writer. So I think there are a lot of places you can go about talking about your writing once you've really built that portfolio. And then what are some creative nonfiction books, essays, and publications that you personally recommend students check out? 
Yeah, I can add mine and then you can throw in some as well because, you know, we all read different things. I would say my favorite essay collection ever is They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif Abdul-Rakib, where he talks about a different musician in each essay and like political and like personal relationships that he has with each of them. Like one of the essays that touched me a lot is how he would see Fall Out Boy with a dear friend and then the friend passed away and then he had to go see Fall Out Boy alone. And it was just like very heartwarming and just like beautifully written. And then how to write an autobiographical novel by Alexander Chi, who's one of my favorite authors. I recently read the essay collection Girlhood by Melissa Phoebos. That one's really good. One essay I always recommend to my students is My Mustache Myself by Wesley Morris. I think that one's available on the New York Times. Any essay by Chloe Caldwell. I would also say that if you're not much of a book reader, but you like comics or graphic novels, there are a lot of really great nonfiction graphic novels, as well as graphic memoirs like Fun Home, Persepolis, Spinning by Tilly Walden is one I like a lot. That one's about ice skating. Yeah. What about you? I just finished In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. Oh, so good. I really loved it. One of my it's favorite books. Adults. I love Wild by Cheryl Strait. I love her essay, The Love of My Life in the Sun. The Sun's a great publication in general. What else have I read this year? I've read a lot of Joan Didion this year. I don't think I'd recommend that as like prescriptive for creative nonfiction, just because mm-hmm. like Joan Didion has like a certain like wandering quality to her writing that like she can get away with because she's Joan Didion but like anybody else editors would be like cut 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 uh but what else let's see are you like the Joanne Beard one too I do I love the New Yorker essay by Joanne Beard yeah. the fourth state of matter oh I remember what I was gonna say yeah so I love the anthologies they're called uh best American essays so it's best American essays 2021 best American essays 2020 goes back at least until 2000, probably even farther. And so it's every year they have like a process where they select the best essays across all these different Mm -hmm. magazines, literary publications, journals. And it's a really great way to get an understanding of like what the top publications are if you're looking to publish or just like looking to know the world better, but then also to be exposed to like some of the best writing from like a wide variety of authors, a wide variety of subjects. So I'd recommend that if you can check out the Best American Essays Anthology. My library has them, so I'd recommend checking that out at your library. But yeah, anything that you can do to read, just to see how other people write, yeah. how they structure their words, that'll I would say be helpful. In the, in the dream house might be more of a college level, so like you might have to be like slightly older. To yeah, because it has like some like you know. There's definitely some adult themes. So. abuse, yeah. So, so yeah, read say, at your own discretion. Like you know how mature you are, and like check out some know. content warnings. But yeah. 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 Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with students and their families? Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a writer, I think there are so many ways to stand out in the application process as well as just, like, really put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. I think it's like singing or painting or any art, really, where you have to practice. Like, you know, no one is born Beethoven. Like, you can't just, like, sit at the piano and know. And writing's kind of like that, too, you know, like, the more you write, the more you read, the more, you know, you get feedback from different editors, the better you become. I think first, it's okay to be shy and keep it to yourself. But once you're ready, I think you should share it with the world and you'll get a lot of really important like feedback that helps you grow. And college applications is just one place to do that as well. You like, I think really can find yourself surprising yourself with the things that you're capable of as you write. Thank you so much for joining us today, Poto. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into creative writing and college applications. For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag InsightAdmissions. 
that's all for now. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.